You're listening to the weekly podcast from Solid Ground Church. We hope that this is uplifting and encourages you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus. If we can be of any help at all, please visit us on the web at solidground.church. Now let's get to this week's message. Good morning. If we haven't met, my name is Bert. I'm one of the pastors here, guys. Thanks for getting up. Thanks for spending your Sunday with us. And man, welcome back so many of you. Good gracious. Uh, if it's your first Sunday with us, we're thrilled that you're here, guys. Thanks for coming out. Um, and we're just going to apologize in advance. Body heat makes this room go crazy. So get ready to sweat. There, I think there are still fans in the backs of the seats in front of you. If not, just go like this. You'll be all right. Hey, one more thing, too, before we get started, just a little bit of housekeeping. You saw the announcements. I want to just reiterate again. Tonight is prayer night, 7 p.m., Something you should know about our church is we don't just have events for the sake of having events. Like, we're not going to waste your time. We understand that that people can be busy. We understand your schedules are really full. And so we don't just do things unless we think they're absolutely important. And I really believe, like, to my core, that the most important thing that we as a church can do is seek the face of the Lord together. Like, pure and simple, that's it. We need Jesus to move. How many of us, when it comes to, like, we look at the world and we see how things aren't as they should be, maybe your heart breaks a little bit for people who are far from God, and you go, like, who but the Holy Spirit can change that? And so, listen, I want to encourage you, like, if if you're somebody and you're like, oh, that's a nice idea and I wish them well, um, come on out. Because the truth is, like, like, we are better together than we are alone. And I just want to, like, if you, if you don't come, so listen, I'm not going to guilt you. If you got stuff going on, like, I'm not going to make it weird. But just, like, whatever you can do, like, get out here if you, if you, if you can. Because I, I believe uh, that, number one, it's, it's super-duper important. Number two, that God uh, is absolutely in it. Now, all that stuff said, we are in a series right now called Truth Bombs. And uh, we're calling it that because, listen, like, we're, we're saying some things that are true that has the potential to explode uh, some, some strongholds in our lives, change our hearts. Last week, if you were here, we just kind of rapid-fired at the end some truth bombs about who you and I are in Christ, like what our identity as children of God means. Um, if you weren't here, it's free. Watch online later. But, um, like, and we just went through a bunch of them. Today, we've got just one, one truth bomb today. But I believe, listen, if the Lord ministered to your heart last week, if he brought healing, then today what he's going to do is he's going to take you further into what he has for you as a person and your purpose in this life. So all that said, if you have a Bible, do me a favor, open up to 1 Samuel chapter 10. That's where we're going to be today. 1 Samuel 10. Get my Bible here. There we go. All right. We are continuing in the story of a guy named Saul. Maybe you were, uh, you were here uh, like, so what we're doing as a church, we're going through the book of 1 Samuel, and uh, Saul was the first king of Israel. He's the first guy that, that uh, God used to unite the tribes of Israel and, and act as sort of a regent monarch. Um, but something to know about Saul, as we saw last week, is that Saul was deeply insecure. And it's going to come to a place in his life where it actually ends up destroying him. But we're, we're not there yet. We're going to see, some, like, God do some good things in Saul first. So um, here's what we're going to see. So Saul, he went to this guy named Samuel, who's a prophet. Samuel tells him, like, listen, God has raised you up to be the ruler of his people. Saul's like, you got the wrong guy. Like, aren't I just the worst? Like, don't I not have what it takes to do that? And here's, like, almost immediately after that, here's what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, starting in verse 1. It said, then Saul, or sorry, Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head, and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? Now I want to just pause right there, because uh, that seems weird to you. I get it, because we don't live in the ancient Near East, so like, what the heck's going on? So he poured oil on some dude, and he kissed him. Like, what is happening here? 
show. Uh, two things. Number one, uh, the, the kiss, it's not, it's not a romantic thing. It's like, you know, if, if you go to the Middle East, sometimes it's a customary greeting. It's a sign of affection. Um, so this is one of those things where, what, and I just think this is really, really powerful. What's happening is this. Samuel has been this prophet that God has been using to lead Israel in Samuel's lifetime. And now Samuel is stepping back under, like, God's instruction and the people's desire to hand it off to a king. And I think this is powerful because what Samuel does, he could just be like, all right, fine. But he actually blesses the guy that replaces him. And so this idea of, like, you know, like, the kiss, it's the idea of, like, affection. Like, hey, I'm behind you, too. Like, like your success is our success. I want to do whatever I can to get behind you and make you go forward. I think this is really powerful because Samuel could be petty. He could be like, well, like, like my territory has been stepped on. But he doesn't do that. He gives up for the sake of the kingdom. And by the way, what would happen in, in many of us if we were willing to do the same? What would happen in us if we decided, listen, there's no, there's no place in this for egos. There's no place like, hey, like, I wasn't as recognized as I should have been. I wasn't as appreciated as I should have. I deserved better. I should have had, like, more people telling me how great I am. I should have seen this. I should have seen that. What would happen in our lives as a people of God if we just got ourselves out of the way and we're like, you know what? It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Yeah. So that's the first thing. That's what the kiss is about. Now, the, the oil is a little bit different, and we just need to know about this. This is kind of cool. So where we are now, um, we're kind of used to a heritage of, of, a, of a monarch being uh, anointed with oil. Maybe you saw the show The Crown on Netflix. You guys see that a little while back? You remember, like, back in season one when Queen Elizabeth, she, like, she, when she took the throne, she was anointed with oil, and they cut away because they felt like it was inappropriate because it was a really long time ago. And um, so... And so, like, what happened, like, we're used to this idea of, like, a, a king or a ruler being anointed with oil, and this is, is uh, like, the sort of christening of their reign. But that's not how Saul or Samuel would have seen it, because this is the first time it's ever happened for a king. Now, here's what Saul and Samuel would have seen. You should just know this, okay? So, number one, the anointing oil, it symbolizes the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, when a, when a, when a ruler, like, in Israel was anointed, it was basically saying, like, like the Lord is upon you. And really, there's a background to it that you should know about, okay? Because, again, there were no kings before Saul. The people who were anointed with oil up until this moment, if you were to go back to, like, Exodus 28, were the priests. And so, like, like if you were, like, like who was anointed and, 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 and you know, this poured out, it were priests. And, and what it was symbolic of was basically, like, oh, listen, I'm setting you apart for service. I'm setting you apart from, like, the people around you. Like, you've got a destiny about you. I'm going to set you aside. And what this is doing is, like, same idea. Like, okay, so the Holy Spirit, like, like Sam is going, I'm anointing with oil. And this is the idea that the Holy Spirit is going to be upon you and in you. And God is setting you apart to do something unique for him. Now, you go, why do you keep talking about oil? Well, here's why. Because that anointing ain't just for Saul. Do you know, hey, do you know, this is, what, this is what 1 John, so go to the life of Jesus afterwards. You know, he dies for our sin, rises from the dead. The Holy Spirit's poured out on us if we're in Christ. This is what the Bible says about believers, you and me. It says this, uh, 1 John 2.20, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, God, and all of you know the truth. In other words, you have been anointed as well. And here's our truth bomb for today. If you're taking notes, write this down. You are anointed. You are. Not just clergy, not just missionaries, not just Bible scholars or professors. If you are in Christ, you are anointed. And what that means is, listen, you've been given the Holy Spirit of God, and you've been set apart 
for a unique calling of God. And it's true of every man, woman, and child who is in Christ. You are anointed. So here's what, what I want us to do, okay? It'd be easy for us to read about these people who are long dead and be like, okay, that was nice. Here's what I want to invite you to do today, okay? I want to invite you to see yourself in the story of Saul. So it's not just some guy who was a long time ago. I want you to understand, listen, just as Saul was anointed, so you are anointed. Just as Saul was gifted, so you are gifted. And so let's, let's celebrate his highs as our highs. Let's, let's, let's take caution from his failures so that we don't trounce on our anointing as well. Like, like when you read the story of Saul, what I want you to do is go, God, what are you speaking to me through this? Because the truth is, it's not just Saul. You are anointed as well, we tracking? You with me still? Okay, so all I said, here's what you need to know, okay? Like the, the way the story goes forward, so Samuel anoints him, and then he's gonna prophesy some stuff to him. So, so that Samuel, like, you know, it'd be easy for Saul and Samuel to have this moment where that was like, oh, that was nice. It's sort of like a kumbaya moment at the end of summer camp. Felt like a really spiritual high, and then he leaves. And was that real or not? You know, I'm sure you've never been to camp and had that moment where like, Oh, yeah, some of you have, right? Like, you have the speaker at the end of the, at the, like, the last night, right? There's always the speaker, and they're like, and so if you give your life to Jesus, and they're like, I will, <laughs> right? And, like, and you start crying and snotting, and, you're like, and you look at your friends, and are you going down? I'm going, I'm going down, too. And you like, you go down, you know? And then you leave, and, like, a week later, you're like, was that real? Oh, oh can we, right? <laughs> Somebody's like, he insulted youth ministry. No, I didn't. Just stay with me. No, I didn't. God uses those moments. But, look. Same thing here. Like Saul could leave and like, well, that was nice. But instead what God does is he speaks through Samuel and goes, listen, after you're gone, here are some things that are going to happen. Now the flow of the narrative is a little bit different than how we're used to reading things. So I'm just going to, if we're going to sort of go step by step for how the events took place chronologically, I'm going to jump forward in the text and then we're going to go back. So here's the very first thing. We're going to look at what happens in Saul as a result of being anointed, the presence of the Spirit. Here's what it would say in verse 9. It says, as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. And this is what we have to understand before anything else, before glory, before battle, before you know, honor, prestige. And the very first thing that happened was God did a transforming work in the heart of Saul. Now, I want to just bring this up because, like, for instance, like last week, we talked about, like, this is who you are in Christ. What I don't want to ever do is just do a pep talk where you just, like, like, like something where you just get in the mirror and be like, I'm good enough, and you keep looking at yourself. Because the truth is, no, you're a grace-washed sinner. And the only reason that you're good enough is because what Jesus has purchased for you. And you should know this. There is no amount of, like, self-effort that's ever going to make you right with God. Like you and I, you, you and I, we're, we're dead in our sin, and what we need is the Lord to come in, wash us clean, bring us to life. And like Ezekiel would say in Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, he says, "Like the Lord will replace our heart of stone with a heart of flesh." And that's what happens in you and me. Like when we receive Christ, it's not that we're just suddenly better in terms of like, oh, look how great I am. I feel so great about myself. No, it's I've been forgiven, and the Holy Spirit has come into me, and He's brought me from spiritual death to life. And it's the very first thing that we see in Saul before anything else happens. Number one, and you're going to watch this. Like, as you watch the events that, that transpire, watch, and you, see if you see your story. As the Lord like, develops his faith, I believe he's developing ours as well. But it starts with a changed heart. Now, all that said, now we can go back uh, into the verses here. So look at verse 2. Okay. It says, when you leave me today, so first thing was his, his heart was changed. When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zezla, 
Zelda, Zelda, on, on the border of Benjamin. And they will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He's asking, what shall I do about my son? So let's just check this, okay? Remember, the whole, the, if you were here last week, you know, the, the whole reason that, that Saul even met Samuel is because he was chasing some rogue donkeys. And then Samuel's like, yeah, God's got something bigger for you than that. Now, here's what I want us to see right here. Um, that, okay, so his heart's been changed, and, and as we're looking at, okay, like how the Lord develops your faith, your trust, your boldness, and same the way he develops mine, you're going to notice it's just very incremental. And one of the ways that it normally starts is God begins to meet your, what we would call felt needs. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he meets this, like, like you're so aware of it. Oftentimes, this is how, like, what will actually draw people to Christ to begin with. Like, their life falls apart. They're going through a divorce. They're going through a sickness. They lost their job or what have you. And they just feel like, oh, my gosh, my life, like, everything that I knew is falling apart. And, and God goes, yeah, I'm going to use that. And he just brings them right in. And he means to develop trust. Um, it, it's why, like, for instance, for instance, um, like, you'll find, like, healing takes place very, very often, very, I mean, the Lord still heals and he, and he loves, but just watch how, like when you share faith, how much like, like with somebody who doesn't know Jesus, like the supernatural is just outpoured like crazy because the Lord's just bringing them in. People who don't have faith, he's bringing them in. Like I'll, I'll give you a sample. Um, I, I was in a new believers class a few years ago with a guy that we'll call uh, Phil because that was his name. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Phil was giving us his story. He was talking about, you know, his entire life, he had just run from God. And he reached a place in his life where he got really sick. The point he was on his, what he knew to be his deathbed in the hospital, all his organs were shutting down. And he's like, this, this is it. And so on, on this deathbed, he just cried out like, Lord, please, I'm so, I'll, I'll follow you, like save me. And God was like, game on. And those organs began to spring back into function. God healed him, raised him up. I think it's been like 20 years maybe 30. Like, God's very faithful in this. What is that? That's the Lord ministering to his felt need with his, or, yeah, ministering his felt need with his greatest need, you know? Same way, like, look, when we, when we first got started here in our church, we used to meet in my apartment, and there were like 12 of us on a good night, you know? And a couple that used to come were, um, I think for Mike and Kelly, and, 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 uh, Mike was pretty new to this whole faith thing. Um, and, uh, I'll never forget one night, like, we're sitting there, and we would end the night with taking prayer requests, you know, and, and can I tell you, like, one of the most awkward things in the world, looking back on it, is having a pastor sit at the front, like, what can I pray for you about, you know? It's just like, people, I'm not going to say, you know? And, um, and I like, so what can we pray about tonight? And, like, nobody's saying anything. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll just wrap this up. So I go to, go to pray. And while, like, I, as I go to pray, like, I just feel this tug from, I don't, maybe that's happened, like, this tug from the Holy Spirit that's just, like, pray for Mike's job. And I'm like, is that me? Because he didn't ask me to pray for that. I'm sure none of you have ever been there, right? So, like, it's like, uh, should I? But, like, so I try to go forward and pray for Mike's job. Uh, so, like, I don't know if it's, like, if it's God or, or the tacos. Like, uh, you know. So, all right, so pray for Mike. Okay. And, and Lord, would you um, please help Mike with his job? And when I say that, Mike just says, <laughs> starts laughing out loud, which makes me feel great, by the way, as, as a speaker. Like, <laughs> And he goes, all right, I wasn't going to say anything, but it just begins to outline all the stuff going on at work. 
what was that? That was the Lord re reaching and meeting him where he was, felt need to be missioned. Listen, it's why, like, when, when I first came to Jesus, one of the very first things that he did was minister to the intense grief that I was suffering over the loss of a loved one. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll meet you in your Now, for Saul, it's the donkeys. And, and he goes, in other words, he could just say like this, like, you can trust me. You can trust me. And so it continues. It says this. All right, so first thing is, like, meets the felt need. Next, he says, then, next thing that's going to happen, you will go on, verse 3, you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of wine, another a skin of wine. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. Now, pause. Some more weirdness. But this is significant. All right, so Samuel goes, listen, so once you leave there, after, after your felt need has been met, now watch this, okay? Some guys you're going to meet who are on their way to go sacrifice and offer worship to God. And when they see you, they're going to give you some bread. Now, here's the significance of this. All right, you should just know that it's so out of the norm. That bread is for priests. Like that, that, like that portion shouldn't go to just some guy they meet on the side of the road. It's why, like, why, why Samuel says, like, you've got to accept that. Because Saul wouldn't do it normally. Like, if they're going to go worship the Lord and they go, here, this is for you. Like, that is so out of the norm unless God is revealing something to them. Namely, that, hey, this guy has been set apart. Confirmation. See, like, you see how like, the Lord just begins to gradually build him up some more? Okay, so like, it's this. Now I want you to understand, like, hey, Saul, I'm with you. And people are going to see it too. And he begins to build him up a little bit more. Because God's kind like that. And you'll find that. God's like, like, he will just give you every reason to trust him. Like, you know, I remember years ago, like, like why, why, why is it I can trust the Lord with this and where we're going and all that stuff? I remember years ago where um, we had time, okay, I, I, I may have told this story before. Um, we, we just, it was a fluke month and we weren't paying attention to our finances as well as we should have. Um, sorry, Dave Ramsey. And um, and uh, we got behind on one of the bills. We owed like 500 bucks that we didn't have. And I was like, shoot. And so this time I was working over at the movie theater. I remember being up in the projector booth there in the dark cave of, of movie theaterdom. And, um, and I was like, God, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And while I'm sitting there stewing on this, like, where am I going to get the money? Um, this, this, tech, or this, this inbox message uh, comes in to me from Twitter from a guy I haven't talked to in probably three or four years. And, he, and all the message I was just, heaven is your home, earth is your preparation. And I'm like, so I, I have his number, so I call him, hey, man, why did you send that? And he's like, oh, you know. And so we get to talking a little bit. And he's like, so how, how are you doing? Like, really? And I'm like, well, honestly, I'm behind on the bills and, and, and you know, like, I don't know, like, we got, I've got this one, you know, $500 thing I'm going to do. And he goes, yeah, that's actually why I reached out to you. Um, the Lord told me out of nowhere to send you a check for $500. Um, and he did. Because well, God takes care of your needs and mine. You just know that. Like, and, and, and as we go forward in this relationship with him, you just learn to trust him a little bit more, a little bit more, and a little bit more. And he just builds that trust as he builds you and me up. And so here's the next thing that happens. It says, after that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost, which is probably just crazy to me. 
Okay, that, like this is Saul's hometown. Okay, so anyway, a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbal, or timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them. And they will be prophesying. Now we're getting to the spiritual stuff. The spirit of the Lord will come upon, or powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them. And you will be changed into a different person. Love this part. So, okay, so we've gone from a little bit to a little bit more to a little bit more. Now, listen, like once you get home to your hometown, which, by the way, is crazy to me, that he just mentions that place where there's a Philistine outpost. It says Saul didn't know that. Like, have you noticed, like, listen, like when your heart is for an area, you spot things in it that shouldn't be there, right? Like, and, and here's Saul's hometown in Israel, and yet an enemy garrison is sitting right there. Every day that he walks through, he sees a thing, and he's just like, oh, again. So he says, right there, God's going to do something really, really spiritual. Like, you're going to see a group of prophets come through. They're going to be singing. They're going to be prophesying through music. And, hey, you're going to be prophesying right alongside them, which has never happened in Saul's life. By the way, this is why we pray as a church, okay, because we recognize that no one but the Holy Spirit can empower, and we think this area needs things that are bigger than just programs and services, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, we believe in, like, serving our community. We love our community. But at the end of the day, we think nothing but the Spirit of God is going to change a heart. And we recognize we need him to move in ways that are powerful, that, that no preaching, no music, no kids program. Although we're thankful for all those things. Only he can do it. And, here, and here's the thing. Going, Listen, in your hometown, God's going to do something crazy. And so here's what it says in verse 7. <laughs> Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. You don't want that green light. But do you know that you have it, right? Like, maybe not the do whatever you want thing, but the never shall I leave you or forsake you. They, the spirit that shall come upon you to be with you forever, you are anointed. So here's what we've seen in these signs. After God has changed Saul's heart, number one, he, de- he meets his felt need. Number two, he develops his trust. And then number three, he empowers him for work. He empowers him after he set him apart to minister. Now, here's why this is important, okay? Because God, and I, I just love this, that God knows how Saul is wired. He knows that he's a scared, timid man. And so God just gradually develops his trust. And something that I, I think is neat, like the more I study the scriptures in my own time, is how often this is the case. Like we think that when it comes to faith and living out for God and, and following him and, and being bold or doing great things, we think that it's a sort of an all-in deal, right? Where we think it's one of these things where like, okay, one day I'm just going to decide that I'm going to have faith. I'm just going to go for it, right? Like we think like, like Peter walking on water when he sees Jesus, right? Can I go? And Jesus goes, yeah, he goes, and he steps on him. And so we think, listen, let me get a pool. I'll go for it. Like, here we go, right? And we think it's this thing where if I just, like, one day I'm going to muster up enough faith, and then I'll be bold, and I'll be courageous. But here's the crazy part about the Peter walking on water thing. We forget that he had years of experience with Jesus beforehand. Yes? We forget, like, before the walking on the water, before Pentecost, like, Peter had been around Jesus enough to see Jesus do some stuff. In the same way, like, like we, we go to, like, to Saul, as God grows him. We can look at Moses. Remember Moses? Like, 
you know, like letting my people go, like, like with the, the staff and the tank. You know, Moses, some of you are looking at me like, who? Look, like Moses, okay? And we look at the story of like, like letting the Israelites go, but don't you remember that before Moses ever went to Pharaoh, God met him in the wilderness and was like, let me show you what I'm going to do. Go ahead, stretch out your hand. Let the leprosy come on. Like, throw down your staff and let it be turned into a serpent. So that before Moses ever had to get into that crunch time, God had already developed something in him. Uh, we could go for like, We'll see in the life of David later on. Before he fights Goliath, God's been teaching him how to fight bears and lions. Here's why I'm bringing this up, okay? Because I want to just like, encourage you. Some of you, you feel like dirt about yourself. You think, oh, I just had more faith. And, and, and you're missing that God is working that in you. Like, in your own like he's forming you. And this is true. Like, okay, like, it's this gradual thing. Why? Because it was just a declaration. It wouldn't stick. Declarations can come from adrenaline. But listen, if God has formed our heart permanently, we're much more inclined to stick with it. Because here's the truth, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Trust comes from precedent. It does. Trust comes from precedent. It comes from a prior relationship where you know the person's character, you know what they're about, and you develop that trust because you know that they won't let you down. I don't believe my wife is a good mother because I decided to believe it. I believe it because I see her interaction with our children again and again and again, and so I have no, nothing but trust in her ability to mother those boys because it comes from relationship it comes from precedent again and again and again and so all that said here's what happens this is the verse that we read earlier verse 9 as Saul turned to leave Samuel God changed Saul's heart but look at this part and all these signs were fulfilled that day now let's continue with the narrative just a little bit more verse 10 when he and his servant arrived at Gibeah, a, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he joined in their prophesying. When all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? In other words, they don't believe in him because they knew him before. Saul, Saul among the prophets. I, I want to just speak this to some of you. You should know this. Huh. Twelve years ago, I think it was, but we, we came here to plant this church from a very, very clear calling from God. And I made the mistake in the moment believing that, hey, if God has called me and I know that he's with me, it means it will always be easy. But somebody, somebody just needs to hear this. Something to know is that with the clearest senses of calling usually comes the most degree of difficulty. Because you'll refer back to that calling when it feels like God has all but forgotten you. This should be a moment of triumph for Saul. It should be this thing where he goes home. He's been anointed by Samuel. And he starts prophesying with prophets. Like, who don't want that? Like, here's, hey, I saw when you were five this happened. And like, like, who don't want that? Shoot. 
I said, people looking like, you like song? And you're going to find this, by the way, as you walk out your calling, and every single one of you has a calling. Why? Because you're anointed. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've been set apart for works of service for the Lord. You are a priestly nation. You should know that the people who knew you before usually don't see it. Love them anyway. Give them grace. Assume that maybe, I mean, like you like to think, you like to think highly of yourself. Like, I probably would, would know if that was them. Just assume maybe you wouldn't. And, and if I could just say it like this, um, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is something to, to lock onto in your heart. Understand, just because they don't see it doesn't mean you're not anointed. Just because they don't see it doesn't mean you're not anointed. It doesn't mean that God's not with you. Just because it's not recognized by the people you wish would recognize it, just because you haven't seen what you'd like to see, just because like the, the, the velvet ropes haven't parted, just because mom still doesn't think that you're confident, just because dad still isn't like drawn to you, like whatever it is, like just because your 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 brother or your sister is still crazy, just because like the 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 people even trying to reach aren't standing up, don't think for a second that doesn't mean that you're not anointed. And Here's the crazy part. Usually, they won't have the vision for it. I said, listen, God lays it on your heart. Hey, I'm going to start this thing. Like, okay, I'm going to start like a, uh, a Bible study. I, I, I'm going I'm to reach out, and I'm going to uh, work with those who, who are thinking about having abortions. Okay, like, I'm, I'm working about doing a community service thing, okay? And, 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 and you feel a sense of, like, I, I should do it. And yet people around you don't see it. Why? Because they, they, they weren't given the vision. And usually, if they knew you beforehand, all they know is the prior you. Let me tell you something about me as a teacher. You should know that when I first started leading Bible studies, my friends weren't exactly interested. I'll never forget that, man. Very first time, like, and I'm not mad about it. I probably would have done the same thing. Remember, like, I got saved in ninth grade. I used to go to this high school Bible study. One day, the, the leader, uh, whose name was Matt, he was like, let me be out of town, Bert. Would you leave this for me? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Let's go, Right? And I'll never forget, like, I had a group of friends, and they're standing there, and, um, and they're like, hey, Bert's, Bert's leading Bible study on Tuesday. And another friend, who usually went to the Bible study, and, like, and he didn't know that I was standing behind him, right? And he goes, and, he, and they're like, so Bert's leading Bible study. And he goes, uh, I'll probably wait till next week then. No, it's okay. Like, so you're like, man, therapy on stage. No! It's, it's fine, because here's the thing, right? Listen, I don't blame, because they couldn't, like, I, I, I knew me too. I know me better than you know me. I know, so there's so many times. I, I, like, even this morning, I was in here, and I was like, dang, all these people are here? What? Like, you're laughing a little too much at that. Man, we need to get off the stage. Look. But, but here's the thing. Just because they don't see it doesn't mean you're not anointed. You understand? God births a thing in your heart. Run. Run. Run with it. <laughs> whatever you, or do whatever your hand sees fit to do. Go for it. And I just want to say this to you, okay? This is bigger than you having talents. No, no. You've been given gifts by God. You've been set apart for service. So all that said, I want to pray for you, and we'll release you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters. I thank you for 
what you're doing in their hearts and their lives. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of getting to see it so many times. Lord, I, I pray, oh, yeah, for the one right now who this, this, this is sparking in their heart, and they go, oh, I just want to do whatever God wants. I, like, I just want to serve. I just want to bring the kingdom forward, but I have no idea how. Like, God, where, and here's what you're asking yourself. You're going, like, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Here's the question for you. This is going to give you the discernment of it. Ask yourself, for whom does your heart break? Like, where is that? Where does your heart break? Because you know what? You love those people with a supernatural love. Start there. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do through them, Lord. I pray you preserve them so that none of them suffer the fate of Saul. So they live out only the good parts of his story. Lord, we ask you, um, pour out your spirit here so that we can reach this community with the gospel. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.